Welcome to Trail and Error, a look at the trail running world from the podium to the pack with your hosts Jay Grady and Tristan Stevenson. We decided to start our own trail running podcast to talk to the people we find interesting in the trail and ultra running world, to find out their highs and lows, their momentous successes and their abject failures, and to perhaps give us all a little bit of inspiration to take on some adventures and challenges of our own. We'll be speaking to runners and athletes, race directors and coaches, sports nutritionists and doctors to get the best out of our own running and hopefully yours too. We hope you enjoy the podcast and if you do, please hit like and subscribe via all the normal podcast feeds. But for now, let's get on with the show. Okay, welcome to uh, Trail and Error podcast. Um, Today, Jay and I are joined by the one and only Jordan Clay. Hey, Jordan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, we we are using special new recording software. Um, you should feel very privileged because oh, we, norm- we don't normally deviate fancy. away from um, the, the safe confines of Zencaster, but today we are using <laughs> Ringer. Um, mm, I say it like that because they removed the vowels, well, one of the vowels, um, because you're on a phone, aren't you? And... Um, don't have access yeah. to a computer. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm traveling, so I've not got a computer with me, just, just my phone. So it's pretty basic. <laughs> well, good segue into traveling. Why are you traveling? What are you doing? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Gran Canaria at the moment in Las Palmas. Uh, just traveling. I quit my job to train, to run, uh, to see the world. Just, yeah, just have fun, really. That sounds hell. <laughs> yeah it's not too bad I'm, I'm sitting in the sun right now in t-shirt and shorts it's good nice yeah how, um, how, how do you can you just asking for a friend how do you quit a job and then just train and run and travel i don't understand the economics of that process no, uh, well you have to live in hostels you have to live very cheaply it won't mm. last forever but I've, I've got some savings so i'm kind of just using those for now and yeah living as cheaply as possible like spending 10 euros a day nice oh yeah i'd have a problem with that because um i'd probably want to drink beer yeah i mean beer is so cheap though you can get like a can of beer for 50 cents so it's pretty dangerous (laughs) all right cool i'm gonna just look in some flights jay do you want to take a minute i'm gonna um get on google flights and head out (laughs) oh mate i'd love you to join come train yeah um jordan we so your connection with with kind of us is is your time in cornwall and i think i was i was asking my wife last night how how we met you and it was something to do with um a film festival she put on with earthling ed or you guys put on with earthling ed i think it was in cornwall at the university yeah, when you did, were a student yeah. yeah um and then you amazingly kindly um or, or generously volunteered to be a health and safety rep at my first screening of Trails in Motion, um, yeah. which was very kind of you. And um, and yeah, you you back then you were you kind of more road, I think, weren't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've always come from a road background and cross country. So trail. The first time I did trail races was in Cornwall, just because everyone else does it and it's more cool. <laughs> so. And and you grew up in was it Milton Keynes? Yeah, Leighton Buzz of Milton Keynes sort yeah. of area. So very different from Cornwall. Very flat in comparison. We've got Wendover Woods nearby. That's about the best place to go train on the trails. So it's pretty hilly there. So I'm guessing but that yeah. 
Cornwall kind of got you hooked on the trail and, and from you found out that you were naturally good at it. And um, yeah, you, you kind of taken off. In, in, in I guess so. Years. Yeah. I just, I just find it more interesting. Like it gives you the opportunity to travel, to see different places, mm. like turning up at a road race in a random city. You don't get to really appreciate where you are. You're doing it just staring at your watch staring at the person in front of you and waiting for it to finish. Whereas <laughs> tra- trail running actually has some enjoyment to the actual race whilst you're doing it. Whereas road, it's all about like the bragging rights. Oh, I ran this time more than trail. You don't, you're not showing off how fast you are because no one cares about that. That's interesting. It's, um, it, and I, it's kind of you against the environment in a way, isn't it? It's just how everyone performs on the day, but the environment yeah, is much. so varied. It, it really kind of, gets into every nook and cranny if you like and finds out your weaknesses if you've got them or your strengths if you've got them yeah this year has been so interesting because i used like I'm, I'm used to being like right near the front of most races and doing really well but i put myself into some really tough races this year like ring of steel was mm. super gnarly like i think my average pace was like 14 minutes per mile or what's that like nine minute per kilometer is <laughs> so slow like i'm looking at my watch i was like wow this is ridiculous but that's my pace on the flat <laughs> <laughs> um tell us about ring of steel because that is a pretty cool i know tom carthy was up there with you and um yeah tell us tell us about that for listeners yeah so the, the reason why i i mainly did it was because it was part of the golden trail series this year so there was two races before the Serpent Trail and the Scarfell Pike Marathon. And if you finished in the top five at either of those two races, you qualified for the final at Ring of Steel. So I got an invite there after coming fourth at Serpent Trail. So, yeah, headed up for that. I knew Tom Carthy was there. Floyd Ratcliffe was there as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just hung out before the race, camped out. And then the race basically starts in... Uh, Kinlock Levin, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Kinlock Levin. Yeah, it's around like the Glencoe Range stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you that. I, I can't pronounce the name of the peaks we ran over, but there <laughs> was four. Can. There was there was four of them. There was four big ones. So over a thousand meters. So yeah, it was maybe two and a half thousand meters of ascent in sixteen miles. Yeah, it's pretty. So great. like, it's hard to replicate that anywhere in the UK. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even doing like short hill repeats is not really going to quite get you into the groove of just climbing, climbing, more climbing. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's like I think one of the miles had nearly uh, what was it in meters? Maybe like five hundred meters of elevation in one mile. Like, there's not many places you can find that. Well, um, I mean, I, the, actually, weirdly, I suppose probably the best place to find that is actually to go to on like a stair stepper in a gym, right? Because you're going to exactly. Have some people, it. some people were doing that. Yeah, yeah, they were training like. I couldn't do that to myself. It's not worth it. No, it's pretty <laughs> horrific, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I managed maybe four minutes on one before, and that was about the most I could do. See, I've got one as part of my CCC training for next year. I bought one for, for CCC this year, but deferred it. And um, I, I was on it the other day, and, and I, I swear I was. I set my phone timer on 15 minutes, and I thought, I forgot to set it, and I'm, and I'm treading away on this thing. And uh, eventually I stopped and got off, and I was at 11 minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> God, it really is torturous, which I kind of guess is good for the good for the mind in a way. But yeah, it's um, it is a brutal way of training for vert, but it's no 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 fun at all. Yeah, uh, I think for me the reason why I do trail is because I enjoy it. So I'm not going to start mm-hmm. doing like things in training that I don't enjoy just for the sake of it. 
because I'll just stop doing the sport if it gets to that point. I'd rather just go out and run. <laughs> I think it's legit. No, I was, you, you I was going on the treadmill. To, you do have to be able to go to these places to train at your level, though, don't you? You do have to run mountains. Pretty much. That's why I'm doing this. Like yeah. It was either this or move to the Lake District or Snowdonia, and I was like, well, it's going to be pretty cold there. It's going to cost like the same amount to rent a place there. I might as well go somewhere nice and warm. So Absolutely. yeah, I've been yeah exploring the Canary Islands. I was in Tenerife um, maybe three weeks ago. Explored there for ten days, and then had my race in the Azores, um, which was part of the Golden Trail series. And then now I'm in Gran Canaria. So yeah, it's it's good life. <laughs> Just about training, like staying on that subject for a little while. Yeah. Do do you, do you sort of do you stick by this rule then that if it's not fun then you're not going to incorporate it into your training? And if that's the case, like where do you, do you do strength training or like plyometric training or? Yeah, I mean, I, I do a bit like in the gym. Normally, it's when I'm injured that I'll do like gym work, but it made a massive difference before Ring of Steel. I was injured for five weeks, so my first I only ran one time before Ring of Steel, so like getting around that was a mission but yeah i was in the gym like two or three times a week lifting heavy weights um i quite enjoyed like lifting heavy weights i i find that quite exciting seeing how much i can lift and feeling my muscles get so much stronger so quickly um like it makes running feel so much more enjoyable when your muscles and your leg work in alignment basically so it just felt like it was in it was improving me not like running on the treadmill you know 10 minutes and, mm-hmm. and i'm done it, i could <laughs> i could spend half an hour or an hour lifting weights and i find that okay oh well that's good but, yeah. i mean because it's definitely yeah. a good thing to incorporate in um i'm i'm just about to start a sort of proper strength and conditioning program um and i'm looking forward to it becoming a sort of positive habit rather than something that I know I should be doing, but I don't really want to be doing. Yeah. You just got to know that it's going to make you so much stronger. Like mm. you've just, you've got to think about the gains it's going to give to your running and you can go out and then run like a personal best with hardly any training. It's like, why didn't I just think of this sooner? Like I wish I'd started like strength training years ago. Mm. I do think there's also some, there's also something you said for taking time off as well, right? I mean, you're off with an injury. Yeah. You assume you're getting slower and fatter, and yeah. you know, you know, you know, your stamina is is being lost, your fitness is being lost. But and it's actually surprising how long it takes for those things to to sort of dwindle away. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I think I, I heard someone once say, you know think about how much you've had to run to become fit you know you kind of need to almost do the opposite in order to become not fit you know um yeah exactly it takes a long time <laughs> that's an important yeah. point actually because when people get injured they, they do start to stress and worry about how fast things will go or when the next race date is and stuff like that and we've been talking about this quite a lot recently and i've been talking about it with some other sort of my peers and if you if you are mentally stressed, your body won't recover from any other kind of training you're doing. And this is any form of stress. This is like job, life, relationships, all of this stuff. If you're in a stressful position mentally, you, it has a physical manifestation and you're actually more likely to become injured when you're stressed. Um, it's to be show. So, yeah, kind of taking time out when you are injured and doing some other training is a really good way of doing it, of just ch- changing direction, still improving 
but removing that stress of you know by by actually doing something by being positive and taking affirmative action that's a really good way of doing it mate hmm. yeah i mean you can only have so many days of like lying in bed feeling sorry for yourself and then you just got to get on with it and try just, to yeah make yourself strong because it, it was quite scary like i had like the biggest race of my life ring of steel looming in front of me i wasn't able to run more than 10 minutes on a treadmill on 15 percent without getting knee pain and yeah it was getting closer and closer to the day and then like one week before saw my physio he kind of just like sorted things out and i could run again it was a miracle <laughs> <laughs> So you just got to stay positive and hope and hope things get better and, and just do the right things. Don't indulge in your misery. Yeah, that's actually a pretty similar story to my recent experience in Gloucester. I was I was out injured for about four or five weeks running here and was there. It, was it that long for you? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it started flaring up. Um, in Mid-September and I, I just sort of ignored it for a week or so. And then... I was like, stop ignoring. Yeah, so then I went and saw Jay, and and like you say, tried to stay positive. Difference is, I wasn't really doing much at all. I was moving around a lot. I was doing a lot of walking and that kind of thing, but I wasn't in the gym doing strength stuff. But anyway, we managed to fix it, and it, it didn't. It wasn't the problem at the race. There were other problems, but um, you know, it, it like you say, you can get over this. It's amazing what a positive mental attitude does to, in 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 respect of alleviating pain, fixing injuries, just as it is amazing how a negative approach to it can be, you know, can, can worsen the pain and, and get you stressed. And, you know, that, that's just ends up being a feedback loop. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think even more so for you in, at the moment, Jordan, because you're in, um, you're in a, this opportunity now, I'm guessing somewhere down the line, you have the, chance perhaps to to do this professionally now you're, you're showing enough talent and you're i think are you still supported by hoka sponsored by Hoka? no that kind of uh fizzled out maybe Fizzle. six months ago nine months okay. ago kind of just came to it came to an end so i'm currently not sponsored but yeah it'd be oh, good to we need to sort pick that out up another sponsor at some point <laughs> so yeah. i i checked your um occasionally we do act professionally and do a little bit of research on our guests and although i know you fairly well um from your time in cornwall i i looked at your itra ranking your international trail running association ranking did you yeah. know that you are in the top 50 for the uk top 50 is it you are ranked 49 out of fifty thousand and six uk runners and you're actually in the top hey, 2000 cool. worldwide so you need to get those stats on an email i'll send you the screenshot mm. and get it off to some sponsors and say hey do you know do you know who i am <laughs> yeah, I think I think it should actually be quite a bit higher than that because most of my race results don't even go on there. We were discussing it in the Azores, like a lot of the guys I was beating in the races from like Europe was they they didn't even like I wasn't on their radar as someone that would like challenge mm. at the front of the race. They yeah, had no idea. Same for the uh, the other British guy. I think like Italian races, French races, they all get a lot more coverage on uh, Intra. Yeah, and, and it, so the races need to sign up for ITRA, basically. They need to be validated by them. And these, this is what yeah. used to go into the point system, although it's changing now for, for the UTMB uh, qualifications. But ITRA, um, yeah, the, the races have to validate themselves through ITRA for them to be recognised, which is kind of sensible and good, and it works. We know the difficulty of the races. But, yeah, um, a lot of your races, I guess, just until now, haven't been falling in there. No, it's a, it's a bit of a shame, but 
well, at least I fly under the radar then and surprise all these people when I when I compete internationally. I'm kind of hoping the the Azores one gets put on there at some point. That'd be nice because um, that was definitely like the standout race for me so far. Yeah, I I was talking to my brother about this, and because I don't I don't really know much about um, the ITRA and and the rankings and everything. It's not something I've bothered with, but. Um, he was saying that a lot of the races in Cornwall get unfairly ranked, like in terms of their difficulty. It's like yeah. as if the terrain plus elevation isn't really properly measured in the ranking, and therefore the sort of scores you get for podiuming on these things aren't comparable to the scores you might get for, say, something like the Serpent Trail. Yeah. I think a lot of it is down to who you race against as well, actually. They take into account if I beat someone that's like an 800 plus, then my rank will go up significantly because I've right. proven that I've beaten them. So it's who you get to race against. Obviously in Cornwall, there's a limit to who comes to Cornwall to race. Yeah. It's always the same guys at the front. So you're not really going to step up to that higher ranking without maybe going nationally or internationally, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the terrain is something they don't really care about. It's all about just elevation stats. Like it's all like whenever they list a race, it's just the vert up and down. That's yeah. all they care about. By the way, if you don't have it, and and for anyone listening, the ITRA, uh, it's it's a uh, eight euros to join, and if you pay the fifty euros, they have the most amazing trail running insurance. Um, it's designed and underwritten specific, specific. This is an advert, by the way, but they specifically underwrite it for trail runners. It's a brilliant thing. It's almost no quibble. They will fly you off a mountain, and and if you're with somebody else, they'll fly you them home as well. So uh, for fifty euros, you know that's that's. I don't know how many beers that maybe a hundred beers there, mate. Um, yeah, I was going to say that's uh, quite a lot of beers. I'm not sure I can uh, stretch fifty euros. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though if you like just really want a DNF in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Um, and you know that you can just get that helicopter support from anywhere in the world. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm never thinking about DNF. I don't know about you, Tristan, but, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, that seems like a, a sort of low low punch. <laughs> that hurt. Uh, I was right in, yeah. the, um, right in the rolled ankle there. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, man. <laughs> You're picking a lot harder races than me. I think that's the difference. Um, well, yeah, I, I do seem to be picking them at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, um, I th- I've, ju- I've just decided in the last week that I think I'm going to, um, switch from the arc 50 back to the 100 as well, just cause that's really, um, hard. Oh, and yeah. yeah, the 50 is too easy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's only 50 miles, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, point, no just beginning- Hundreds beckoning me back, and um, I just, oh yeah, I just want to improve upon that time I got before. So we'll, um, we'll see, enough. see what. What, see what, what was there. your time before? Um, twenty-two, twenty-two and a half hours, I think it was twenty-two thirty, twenty-two twenty something. I can't remember exactly. Um, What's the record? Um, I think the course record. Yeah, tw- about twenty-one hours, I think. Oh, okay, mm, you could be close. Yeah, I think I I think uh, I could. Although I think there's going to be other people running it this year that will um, will will um, have a real good chance at breaking it. I mean, um, I think the uh, Ellis Ellis Bland um, is running oh, the hundred. Yeah, apparently. Um, so and I mean, he you know he did the uh, plague in, in ten hours. So you'd have to kind of assume he might get under twenty in the arc, really. Um, so he'll be. 
he'll be he'll be one to watch. And there's rumours of other um, high profile runners. John Kelly's been earmarked for it for a little while now, so he might turn up. Um, oh, but okay. just keep popping up. Yeah, the name keeps on coughing up. I think he's he's said he intends on doing it at some point. It's just when it's, um, you know, when it fits in with other things in life, you know, because he's got family and everything. And yeah, yeah. I imagine he'd be pretty handy on that route. Yeah, I would say so. Although, like, I mean, his his speciality is sort of multi day, really, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how quick he is over. He's certainly going to be good with the terrain, like mud and elevation and everything. But I don't know whether he's fast enough over a 24-hour period. You know, if, if this was like a 200-mile coast path run, it'd probably sort of suit him better. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I guess so. He's just good at keeping going, isn't he? He's not, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He hasn't got the top-end speed that maybe we have. Maybe, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, But yeah, he doesn't stop. He's, he's, pro- he's capable of enduring a lot of suffering, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the arc definitely deals that out. Um, you know, you get you get double helping of that. Um, but you know, for a decent runner, it's over over and done with in in twenty four hours. Um, and he's you know he's he's a you know FKT um, kind of two three day kind of person, isn't he? What's what was the um, FKT that him and um, uh, Damon Hall were up? Uh, up Is that the Pennine Way? Was it Pennine Way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, that's like two days, two and a half days or something like that, isn't it, I think? Yeah, I think it almost just becomes another sport at that point. Like, yeah. I realized after Southwest Traverse that I'm not made for endurance just yet. Like marathon distance, 50K is perfect, but any longer than that. And you don't need the speed, and that's where I lose my advantage. So I, mm. I found what I found. It's perfect that the Golden Trail Series and things like that exist because – that's the perfect distance for me, like 30K, especially the Azores. It was like 30K three days in a row. So it was tough, but runnable the whole way. You, yeah. You're only 24. So that isn't meant, but that, that sounds worse than I meant that, Jordan. You're, you're 24. I didn't mean you're only 24. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're 24. And so you've kind of, if you look at the kind of distance runners that are out there, world-class ones, they seem, a lot of them seem to come to it around 28, 30 um, and then sit in the sport for sort of seven or eight years at a fairly high level. So you've got kind of, you know, again, your speed, like you say, is 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 your secret weapon at the moment, your your superpower, if you like. And it's yeah. um, it's not it, our yeah. secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we've talked about you quite a few times on here. The, the fact that you were chatting to Damien Hall quite happily uh, blew his mind. Oh yeah, the, uh, I listened to that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I just I, I can't help it i like making friends whilst i'm out running <laughs> <laughs> ferg said he really blew his mind he was like yeah so i'm like blowing out my backside and this this guy's running alongside me chatting about shoes i was like oh <laughs> i mean i guess it's got that psychological edge to it but most honestly most of it is just i'm out to make friends like it's at such oh, a low threshold but like if you can still breathe you can still talk and i mean it was damien hall right i wasn't going to just ignore him he's, he's <laughs> like a pretty famous runner i wanted to chat to him uh the ultimate i'm glad of, i signed uh, him out interview technique yeah yeah you definitely it, did it didn't work though did it at 15 miles i was absolutely trashed and then he came flying past so. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's all experience though mate <clears throat> yeah no i enjoy i enjoy the challenge like that's why I keep on entering these hard races because you want to enter something you don't know if you're going to finish. Like Southwest Traverse for me, 
it was all about just finishing. Like, I can't believe I nearly ran 45 miles, you know. It's such a long way. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And it was weird this year because we did the um, – we, we all, all three of us ran it, actually, didn't we? And yeah. um, it was the time trial kind of staggered start, so nobody knew where they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really I was getting I was getting time splits on Tristan and where he was, and um, like I closed down a little bit in the first half, and then it wasn't enough. I thought I'd close down more. It didn't happen. It didn't work out that way, and I was like, oh, shit. I don't think it's going to be my day. And I kind of just, I kind of just settled into a rhythm and said, oh, I'm just going to enjoy myself and spend time chatting to the marshals and sat down with my parents, you know, in the shade, making sure I was looking after myself, just trying to get to the finish. So I know it's the elephant in the room, but I know both of you were keenly watching my times on the traverse as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to talk about that now. We've, we've got it out there. It's settled. Um, but yeah, I, I know that you're all, Kind of I was, exactly I was, because we were supposed to be having a beer at the end, and but I'd set off quite. I think I'd I set think off a, 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 about half an hour before you, and then obviously finished a bit quicker than you. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going to get that beer I, with Jay. I think I arrived after the pub closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't, in, I wasn't able to talk afterwards. I was just lying in a heap on the floor. <laughs> like people were coming up asking me how my race was going, and I just went meh. And then they just moved on because I wasn't able to even say anything. It does happen that, and 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 it's happened. To, it happened to me. Somebody came over and started chatting to me, and I and I couldn't even remember. You know, I couldn't remember who I was. Never mind who they were. And I felt really rude. But it was like, oh God, I'm really sorry. But I, yeah, and and not in a rude way at all. But it was just you're not in that place, are you? After a race, sometimes you need at least half an hour to kind of just pull yourself together. Um, yeah, half an hour, half an hour to two hours for me is normally. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely done at the end of that race. I collapsed on the floor and was in just fetal position for about five, well, three or four minutes. Um, and my mum was just like saying to me, "What do you need? What can I get you?" And I was just like, it's "Nothing. Just please let me curl up here on the ground. Um, if I'm lucky, I might pass out." Um, <laughs> And then um, slowly came around, but like that was a br- that was a brutal race. It was, it was pretty warm. Okay. So yeah, it was the heat. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good in the heat. I mean, I did Serpent Trail a couple of months or six weeks later, um, which is a longer race, not as not as technical trail. I felt fine at the end of that. That was a hundred k. I was sort of walking around, chatting and everything. But God, that Southwest Traverse was was nasty. Yeah. Stinging the I'm, tail. I'm glad you. I'm glad you struggled as well. Makes me feel better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so I guess being out in the heat at the moment, I mean, it has lots of advantages. Grand Canaria is a, a well trodden path for cyclists, triathletes, and runners. Actually, excuse the pun. Um, but it's, um, I know Ian Corliss does his training camp out there for MDS as well. So what's the temperature like at the moment? I, know you're uh, I mean, it depends if you're right by the coast, you know, it's like 28, 29 degrees midday. Mm. Uh, so yeah, pretty warm, but you just, you go out early or you go out in the evening. If you're in the mountains, maybe 20 degrees. So it's kind of perfect. Nice. And, and it reduces uh, your risk of injury that heat as well. Does it? Mm, being nice. that's why everyone goes there it's it's such a stable climate and it's nice and warm so oh, okay your your muscles and a nice temperature for elasticity oh, i never really thought about it like that i just came here because it's much better Sunny. than being in england where it rains <laughs> and it's 50 cents a beer why, why wouldn't you go there yeah i mean it hasn't it hasn't rained a single bit yet since i got here so oh, it's pretty man. nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so perfect training so um yeah what's your next race what have you got coming up um 
well, the Azores was kind of the big thing for the year, so just resting up. I'm I'm doing a little challenge in Lanzarote at the end of this month, mm. uh, end of November. It's like four four days of racing, so it's like ten k to half marathon distance, I think, each day. So that should be fun, just with like some club mates from home. Mm. They always go out and do it, and I thought, well, I'm only a few islands away. I'll just come over and uh, yeah, race that, have a good time. But other than that, nothing. Next year, I kind of want to do OCC, maybe. That's kind of like my big goal. Mm. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. We'll see you out there for that one. What do, what distance got... is OCC? I'm not familiar with all the... Um, oh, it's 50K. So, 50K. Yeah, the, short, the shortest one. So it's like the most competitive 50K you can do in the world. So it'd be good yeah. to see like where I stack up. I'd love to come in the top 20, but um, yeah, it'll be tough. And what's the elevation like on that? Mm, maybe like 3,000 meters. Okay, yeah, fair bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's mm. in the Alps, so it's, it's, yeah. it's hilly, but apparently like, I spoke to a couple of guys who did it this year, um, and they say like you still walk some of the big climbs, like they're impossible to run, even though it's only 50K. Um, and then you just run what you can. So, yeah, it was cool to speak, like meeting people in the Azores that raced it this year, like one of the guys came in the top 10 that was there, so... It was nice to like get their perspective on what sort of race it is. But I've I've learned the hard way that I need to pace myself better in these races. There's no prize that goes to the person who gets to like the thirty K mark first. And no, I just need absolutely. to remember that. Yeah. So every how, time how do you I pace, pace how do you pace yourself? You do it on feeling or heart rate monitor or Oh yeah, just on feel. Yeah. I mean the less I look at my watch the better. Like a Ring of Steel, I didn't look at my watch until I finished the race and I had a great day. I, just, I was sad when it, it was getting to the end because I, I I had to kind of hold myself back because I was worried my injury would flare up. Mm. But, I mean, I still placed okay. I think I was 14. But, um, yeah, probably that's probably my lowest ever trail position in a race. But it was in, it was nice. It was nice to kind of be like a tourist going around the route instead of <laughs> racing it and hanging on for hours. It was good. But, yeah, like learning to take gels on like straight away a lot of the guys the europeans they try and get 100 grams of carbs per hour um so like obviously that's like four gels so it's a lot mm. um but it seems it's to about, work for them about so. four times what i take on <laughs> three or four times anyway yeah i guess because you're obviously adapted to that a bit better but mm. i eat loads of carbs so i need to probably be having maybe at least two or three gels an hour at Southwest reverse. I only had maybe four for the whole thing. So it's like learning to like stuff your face at the aid stations, bananas, crisps. So every mm-hmm. time I like, I, it worked out so well in the Azores because a lot of the guys just went breezing past all the aid stations. I stopped for a minute, filled my bottles up, had a cup of Coke, had a banana, covered it in salt, ate it, um, like stuffed my face for the crisps. And then, then you're good. And then you catch these, you obviously lost a minute to those people, but when they bonk and you see them five miles later, then the massive smile breaks out in your face and you're like, okay. <laughs> so, and the salt's important for so many reasons. And, and kind of one of the things that it does do, the lack of salt makes your um, extremities swell as well. So your hands and your feet, if, you, if your electrolytes are low, your, your hands and your feet will swell. So okay. um, that's, that's an important one to keep on board as well. Have you... Um, yeah. With you, with your kind of the vert that you're doing, have you strayed into the worlds of running poles yet? No, I don't. Maybe I will at some point, but 
I don't really, I, I don't really see the benefit of them right now. Like, it just seems like an extra thing to carry. The less yeah, I, I think carry, for your for your OCC. I don't know. I haven't watched footage of the OCC. I know from CCC and UTMB, it's like spot the runner that hasn't got the poles, and you'll normally see the Englishman. Um, yeah, I'll probably be that idiot definitely. that makes a mistake first year. <laughs> I have to learn things the hard way. I'm not good at taking someone else's advice, so I have to experience it. I think I could do it without poles. 50k, it's quite fast. I don't imagine people like Tom Evans use poles, but I might be wrong. Uh, yeah. They might have super small uh, extendy ones that you don't see in the footage. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it, it, I would definitely use it if I was doing the whole UTMB mm. and probably even the CCC, but 50K, that's what, like seven hours maybe? It, yeah, it's more saving your legs on the climbs really so that you can mm. smash it at the top. The thing is, I don't think it's the the weight of them obviously is almost nothing. Like they, if you get good ones, they're, they're virtually weightless. And as long as you've got a sort of efficient way of packing them so they're not flapping around, that's not really a concern either. The concern for me is actually how to use them properly and to be efficient with them because I I had poles and I was was going to use them for the arc of attrition and um, got some, practice with them and did a lot of kind of sort of testing on myself. I was like, am I moving quicker up a hill? You know, what's my sort of vertical gain per hour? What's my heart rate like? What's the perceived effort like? You know, how do my legs feel? Can I do this 10 times? All that kind of stuff. And I came to the conclusion that I just wasn't efficient at using poles and it made no difference whatsoever. Um, So I thought, well, better to not have to have that additional thing to worry about and just go without them. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot, maybe a lot of people use them because they think, oh, everyone else is doing it. I need to, I need to have them to, but you Mm. need to be able to train with them. There's no point taking them and then not being able to use them properly. It's just a waste. Yeah. But yeah, maybe, maybe I'll experiment. I think on sustained climbs, you know, mile after mile after mile going uphill, first place I used them was Transvolcania definitely use them well there um but i think on our coast path down here certainly unless you're moving slowly and you want to you know take the weight off your legs then certainly for guys doing your speed i think poles on our course would be or our terrain would be a hindrance but on the big long alpine climbs you do see a lot of people using them yeah yeah makes sense yeah i I mean yeah if you're climbing for like an hour and a half i can see the value in it but again i think that's where you need to be training with them um, to, you know, get the sort of correct, efficient movement to get that upper body strength that you're going to use um, in order to help stabilize yourself and push yourself up a mountain. Um, yeah. And if you can't, you know, if it's not sort of hill repeats, very steep hill repeats, then I imagine there's gym equipment, maybe a cross trainer even um, that would help. Yeah. Like, those skiing machines where you pull down on that. That's what I used for, um, UTMB Amman. That's how I trained in the gym for mm. that. Just pulling down on those kind of ski climber things, um, just to build tricep strength and just get into it. Um, the one interesting thing that came out of somebody recently, we were chatting to um, a couple of runners that did the North Coast Challenge here in Cornwall, and when they were training with their poles, they realised they, they because they were doing this 145 mile um, course, they they had to fuel and water constantly. And when they started using poles, they um, they stopped drinking and eating quite so much on their practice. So they were practicing everything. They were very fastidious in their uh, preparation for this. And um, when they were using poles, they stopped eating and drinking as much because their hands were occupied with the poles. Ordinarily, they'd be constantly feasting and drinking from their backpacks, uh, from their ring mm. packs. As soon as they put poles in their hands, 
they stopped doing that. So they had to identify in their training that, okay, yeah, we, we still need to eat and drink as much. So that was a, an interesting kind of thing that came out of their preparation. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely start experimenting with it more. I think it has its benefit for really long distances. But for now, 50K and less, which is probably what I'm going to stick to, I'd say I'm going to try and see if I can get away without them. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't reckon you need them for 50K. No, I think you'd be all right. There's always a chairlift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just put your hands on your knees and march up. That's what, like, that was uh, the good yeah. thing. Like, like that's that's that feels a lot more like gnarly it feels a lot more like aggressive whereas if you've got poles it, it seems a bit delicate a bit i mean it's very sensible but it doesn't seem like running yeah exactly and there's that sort of thing like you know you, you stick a pole down and it doesn't catch quite right it slips and your body then sort of leans over to, to, and you have to adjust that and everything and you can end up i think burning quite a lot of energy just trying to maintain this pole movement yeah, um, yeah. That you wouldn't have to worry about if you just had your hands on your knees exactly my arms are about the weakest thing on my body as well so I mean I'd rather rely on my legs than my arms so ring of steel we covered um, and your um, traverse which was a great race um, yeah would, would you when you're running do you, are you thinking what are you thinking about are you doing foot placement are you doing form are you thinking nutrition are you thinking all of those things what, what, what's going through your mind while you're running i mean it depends if you're having a good day or not like when it's going well you're just thinking about one step at a time it's all about like what my glutes are doing mainly if my glutes are kind of getting fired up if they feel like they're working then the legs really tick through nicely mm. i imagine what I look like from above whilst I'm running quite a lot, especially with like faster races. Like you're basically just looking, you're watching, you're, like you're watching the race. Do your own drone footage from, in your mind. Ex- exactly. Yeah. You want to look sexy kind of, to birds. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like imagining you look like Kipchoge whilst you run. Like there's nothing more satisfying than feel like you, you feel a bit like he does when your legs are really flicking up behind you. Um, I guess that's more with the shorter stuff. Longer, yeah, it's just like, just keep it going. Every time you think about how long of the race is left, that's when you start to slow down. You just need mm. to like treat it as one mile at a time. In the moment. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Yeah, you've got to be in the moment. Like, as soon as you start being negative, you're like, shit, I'm only 5K in and I'm already struggling. Like, you're going to have a bad day. Like, like the second day of my Azores race, I got lost within the first, one mile i followed a couple guys like right down to the coastline and we we lost maybe two or three minutes and i was sulking for like an hour after that just because i'd like blown my chance of getting a good position that day just because i made a stupid mistake at the start um and then once you get out of that slump you feel good again and then and then when you're fed up of people coming past you because you're running slowly that you then rally and you're like, you know, I can beat these people. And then you just start overtaking them again. So it's all about the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's like, important to, to remember what, as well, isn't it? That, you, that you've got the ups and downs. They're, they're natural occurrences in long races. You, you can't constantly be on a high. You're very lucky if you're constantly on a high during a race. Um, it's a great experience. Yeah, it yeah. never, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. No. And, and, and I think that's a, a thing that 
it's certainly I've come to accept um, when you're at a low point, it's kind of like, oh, well, this will just last for a while and then it will improve yeah. and we'll, we'll go forward again. Yeah, I just tell myself that everyone else is feeling just as bad or if not worse. They might not be, but like if you tell yourself that, like you can you can play out like scenarios in your own head and imagine what the other people are thinking in their head, like like they're really struggling up a climb or if they look behind them, oh, they're really tired. I'm going to absolutely... Yeah. I'm going to speed up. I'm going to crank it up and breeze past them now and make sure they can't stick with me. Yeah. It's I'm, like, I'm going to get alongside them and chat about their shoes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I've been doing that on all these big races and <laughs> I, I've been winding a few people up. I think some people don't reply. Some people are okay. Like the guys, the fell runners loved it when I told them that I'd never done a fell race before uh, Scarfell Pike. And that was my first one. They were like, You're... <laughs> it's just like things like that. just really winds people up. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> well obviously it's just like friendly rivalry but <laughs> maybe that'll play in their head like maybe it'll motivate them to want to beat someone that's never done a fair race before or maybe they'll be like oh what am i what am i doing i'm struggling to beat a guy that's never done one before you yeah, know maybe they're, they're gonna kind of uh you know push push your head maybe they want to get away from you and run faster and burn themselves out <laughs> You may become yeah. demoralized. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly why I didn't want to run with you at the South West Traverse, John, because I knew, oh. I knew you'd try the mind games on me. And I oh, wasn't, I, I wasn't I don't up for that. I don't do it on purpose. It would have just been nice to have like half a day with someone. It was a very lonely day. Like, well, what would have happened, Jordan, hours. is you, you would have set off fast like you did, and I would have struggled to keep up with you, and then I would have been knackered by the time we got to halfway, and then you would have won it. Um, I don't know. I don't know because you didn't run slow. You ran fast. Like I only, I only took maybe four minutes out of you, and I was like, I expected to close that ten minute gap. But you've you've got a lot faster in the last year. I thought if I do this section at seven minute miles, I don't know what that is in kilometers, then. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a big gap on you and it didn't happen i was like oh shit <laughs> and then yeah. as soon as i got to the halfway point i was like i was already so hot overheating uh and at that point i was like you know what i've never run this far before tristan wants to win more than me i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy my day for once instead of absolutely beasting it and not enjoying myself because at the end of the day it was such a nice day it was nice to slow it down slightly mm. like be able to dip in streams cool yourself off like carry on chris chris and went for a swim didn't he i think he actually uh at one point just took all his clothes off and went for a swim in the middle of the oh, race I don't, I, I don't blame him <laughs> I, I didn't right. go down into the sea but <laughs> yeah I, I remember hearing good. about it and I was like, yeah, that's the way to do that race. Not to yeah. like freaking destroy yourself. Get, actually just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. I, I envy the guys that can, there's like, there's no pressure. I mean, there's always a little bit of expectation. Like whenever I do these races, people are like, Oh, I wonder what Jordan's going to do. And it's like, it's great to have the expectation, but sometimes it'd be nice just to have like a, a fun day out. Mm. And like people aren't like, for like for the Southwest reverse, like Berg was like digging, digging us up against each other, wasn't he? Like who's gonna, mm. who's gonna come out on top of this? And I would have just rather not anyone. No one knew who I was, and I could just run. <laughs> yeah. Um. So speaking of which, are you planning on racing in Cornwall anytime soon? Just uh, asking for um, asking for yeah. a friend. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to maybe do like the Arc Fifty, maybe not next year, but the year after, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'd be too much harder than Southwest Traverse, right? 
No, not really. I mean, it's it's very similar route. It's just going to be weather dependent, isn't it? Um, you're not going to get certainly not going to get dehydrated and too hot. That's for sure. Um, yeah. It's the other end of it, that's the problem, and of course the mud. But I mean, you know I that part. Mud. That yeah, that part of the coast path from um, Minak to Porth Tower is kind of similar to the the southwest traverse stretch. There's there's some like easy flat bits, um, and then there's some some pretty gnarly bits as well. Um, cause that bit by La Morna, um, at the end of the Southwest Traverse after Mausel is, is Ma- Mausel to Minak oh. is definitely the worst section. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But then you've got Zena on the arc route, which, um, is also, you know, it's, there's hardly a path for most of it or a lot of it anyway. Um, it's pretty bad too, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's a similar route and only an extra five miles, like you say. Yeah, I'd like to give that a try in the next couple of years. It looks like it's becoming like one of the races to do in the UK now. Like, mm. obviously the Arc Hundred is the main one, but I think the Arc Fifty could get some big guys turning up. Mm. So, yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to. It'd be fun. I definitely want to come back to Cornwall. It's just like finding a way to do it because obviously, I don't have a place to stay. I don't I don't live there. But just just stay it'd here. Be nice. I, just, yeah, if you, I if, if you want to stay, you just stay at my place. So there you go. That's your, you that's sure? your accommodation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So oh, your accommodation nice. sorted. So next time yeah. you want to come down, just just come down. Yeah. If anyone else listening needs somewhere to stay in Cornwall, then um, Jay's house is always open. <laughs> it is, we, we, it's it's the on the internet. You can you can find it very easy. It's it's in Bodmin. Um, just at the no. That's that's your place, Chris, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I was about to give you your address away. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting, actually. How. Is Cornwall, because I have a very um, uh, one one view or, or a very isolated view of it all, is Cornwall kind of, does it have a reputation when you, if you talk about it to other people, do they know about it? Is it or is it still quite a good secret? In terms of racing? Hmm. Uh, I mean, people are starting to hear about it, but yeah, I think it's still like back, still under the radar. back up near London. Yeah, most people, it's just whatever's local to them is the big thing especially especially my club at home they're mainly just road running they're getting into trail running more now but they're very traditional clubs so Mm. people are starting to do ultras but maybe four years ago there was like one or two people doing ultras and they were crazy you know like it's changing quite a bit it's much more normal now isn't it Cornwall yeah I mean a few of the guys have heard of mud crew events but not on this level that everyone in Cornwall is obsessed with it like for us it's like our religion Mm. all of like freedom racing mud crew like we support cornish events companies really well we're very loyal um but yeah it doesn't have like the far-reaching effects i always talk about it to all my mates like that's all i ever talk about they're fed up of hearing about cornwall i think but, <laughs> uh, i mean i had such a good time you know like if i hadn't gone to university there i would have never never probably have got into trail running and be where i am now so it's it's nice to have met such a nice bunch of people that are so encouraging. It, it is a really nice community. I was, I was at um, a race over the weekend, um, a 24-hour event. Actually, a weird 25-hour 25 25-hour 25 event because it came when the clocks changed. So the pool buggers had Oh, that's hour. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's evil. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they were running around a point four one mile. So basically a backyard ultra course almost for um, – 24 hours or 25 hours 
and um, it had some of the most horrendous Cornish weather you can imagine. It was brutal. But um, yeah, we were we were chatting about how strong the community is down here. And it is, it is a special thing. I've spoken about it before. So was that, was that like, uh, who can run the farther, furthest in 25 hours? Um, well, in the sense that it's a race, yeah. Yeah. So the, the winner was the person that ran the furthest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how far was, they run? Um, I don't, do you know, I don't know. It was one of the Biswickham uh, events. But, um, mm. No, I don't know, actually. That's a good point. Um but yeah, they had horrendous conditions. Horrendous. Uh, I did end up lending. Uh, yeah, the weather here has been, jacket, been so like pretty bad the last four hours, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's not a good advert for Cornwall unless you like suffering, which we all do. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it is a good community, you're right. And so I can, I'm, I'm glad that it. Yeah, I, re- your, I, I miss um, it. I running. miss it. Yeah, it's not well, quite the like. It's not quite, it's hard to come by something that good in other places. Like, it's when I came up for Southwest Traverses, like, you turn up at a race and you recognize so many people. It's just, you just, you chat to people, like, even if you haven't seen them for years and you've got loads to say. Yeah, it just, it just puts a smile on your face just thinking about it. So, ah, excellent. Yeah. Do you I'd think always um, love, I'd love gonna... to move there when I'm older? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're always welcome. Um, do you think uh, you, I mean, obviously you're doing the Golden Trail stuff and it sounds like you're having a lot of fun with it. Where do you see your sort of future prospects with road running? Because you are rapid over like 5, 10K on the road. Um, yeah. Is that something you sort of feel that you're going to keep, you know, keep one foot, you know, through that door? Or is it, is you, do you sort of see your future in trail really? Uh, I, I guess so. Like maybe do a road marathon next year, like, if not London, one of the smaller ones in the UK, maybe, or it'd be good to just get like, see what sort of time I can run. I just don't want to obsess over road because I don't enjoy it. And if you don't get the race result that you want, then it just seems like a waste of time because you don't enjoy the training as much. But I think the way to do it is train on trails and then just turn up and do a road race. It seems to have worked quite well. Like I ran my 10 K PB with no speed training, just trail runs, very fast trail runs. And I turned up, put on some of the Adidas uh, bouncy shoes and and got a PB, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think trail running is, is probably going to give you more of a, like, a sort of holistic workout. Like, you're going to, it's going to cover kind of all bases and, you know, works muscles that road running doesn't, right? It's all the sort of stabilizing muscles, obviously, you know, probably steeper hills and steeper, that means up and down. Um, so, yeah. you know, you're kind of hammering those quads and hamstrings harder than you might on a road. Um, so I guess there's, in a way, it's sort of giving you the training and then some. Um, but maybe, obviously, you could probably get an even faster PB being a little bit more road specific in the lead up to it. But um, Definitely, yeah. But still, yeah, it's not going to, it's not, it, I think it's, you know, if you just train road and then try to do a trail race, then you've got some problems, you know, um, but the other way around, I don't suppose it's so much of an issue. Oh, it, it makes a road race feel like an absolute breeze, like a 10 K in 30 minutes. Like if you're suffering for 20 minutes, so what? It's 20 minutes. Like, yeah. You can, you can deal with that. Like, yeah. Normally like you'd get 10 minutes into it. Think I'm only a third of the way through. How am I going to hold on for another 20 minutes? But now my, perspective is yeah it's fine such a mm. short period of time i can just grip my teeth and it'll be over <laughs> yeah 
yeah, yeah it's, it's um I'm, i know after coming off like long training sessions uh or training blocks with with trails and then running on roads um because i don't run on roads that often you kind of marvel at how how, how well made roads are you're like god this yeah. allows me to go so quick yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, whereas a trail even a flat trail you know they're they're just not as conducive to fast running um oh, as definitely. The road. you can't stretch your legs out you can't get into that same rhythm like that's yeah. the thing with trail it, it really breaks your rhythm so you have to really use your muscles in a completely different way like if you if you get a good like a decent shoe you've got flexible hips and like strong legs you can run a fast road time but if you try and do it i'd be interested to see like how fast some of the best road guys are on the trail mm. especially some of these more technical trails because like ring of steel made me look absolutely pathetic because i was just all over the place like running into a boulder having to stop turn around like trying not to roll my ankle just like really delicate whereas normally i can absolutely fly down descents on the road but in that it was taking me 15 minutes to go downhill for a mile like i was just so scared so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well scared uh, scared of obviously twisting an ankle or tripping and falling forward and then you know that could be lethal but it's just yeah. have uh, you know it's having that sort of trust and faith in in the in your ankles and your you know your stabilizing muscles to be able to support your weight slamming down on those descents for you know half an hour at a time or whatever it is um yeah it's hardcore and yeah i i i I just going back to the whole road trail thing i mean i even looked into it because i i I do a lot of training on the camel trail if i want to be running flat not doing too much hilly stuff so nice there yeah it's lovely yeah um but you know even doing intervals on there compared to a flat piece of road i know that i'm going to be like 10 percent slower maybe 15 percent slower just because it's you know like gravelly shingly sort of surface oh, do you think do you think so yeah 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 i, oh, totally. I think you're being too i think you're being too kind to yourself <laughs> <laughs> i think it's i think it's perfectly runnable you're just making excuses well, it's totally runnable <laughs> uh you can go fast but not as fast as a road um, i don't know i ran some of my fast i ran like my best ever marathon session on the camel trail it was, oh really yeah i was absolutely unstoppable at one point before i got my first ever injury like i used to just absolutely just go for it every time i went out for a run it was always as hard as possible if i was close to far enough at the end like that was a big success like i'm a lot more sensible now that i've been injured but yeah back then it was doing did like 20 miles maybe at 540 pace on the uh, sub 230 pace on the camel trail it does depend on which bit you're on like the padstow waybridge bit is a good surface yeah um, that's where the, I, that's where i was yeah yeah the bodmin area is not so good it's more like oh, a okay. trail um oh, okay but you, I mean, my half marathon PB was done on the Padstow Waybridge bit. Um, so I'm not not to say that it isn't uh, fast. I was going to say it sounds like you're giving yourself, uh, you're making yourself uh, sound better than you were. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, that probably I am. I didn't, sort I, of, I, sort I, of I, most I of all this podcast. I probably didn't frame really. that very well. <laughs> 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 not to give a word. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, mate, that's been so much fun. And and we've been kind of wanting to get you on for a while. So I'm glad we've we managed to line it all up. 
Um, yes, it's nice to speak to you guys. I've been listening to the podcast anyway, so it's nice to actually be able uh, to talk to you guys. Uh, thank you for listening, mate. Um, yeah, it's um, no, it's always fun, and we, um, it's it's been insightful, actually, really insightful. I think um, I think it'd be a popular episode. Um, it's it's one of those, so if you had to kind of give any advice, I guess, to your I don't know, let's say twenty one year old self in, in in a couple of sentences, if you were talking to younger Jordan in terms of trail running experience and knowledge, what, what would you share? Um, oh, tough one. Um, maybe don't go into a race. Maybe research a race before you start it and under, maybe respect, respect the distance, respect being on the trails. Like, because I used to blow up every time. All of the long races, classic quarter, black rat. I never, I just treated it like a road race and hoped I'd be able to hold on. But it's so much nicer if you just start slow and then you can overtake everyone instead of just being overtaken. So I think that's probably the advice I'd, I'd give myself. And yeah, other than that, just do what makes you happy. Don't do things just because other people, like a lot of people are interested in what time I could run for a marathon, but I don't want to fall into that trap of just like, training for something like that mm. i'd rather i'd rather do what really makes me happy and right now obviously i'm traveling around exploring trails running the mountains it's good yeah i mean it's one of those things like when you make a decision like this it's so nice when you wake up because you know you've made the best decision you could have made there's no there's no regret there's there's nothing holding me back like it's obviously a bit more tricky when you're older when you've got family like you've got you've got other responsibilities but for me right now i'm incorporating traveling with running with the potential to like do it more professionally maybe if it goes really well next year so yeah it's just exciting oh brilliant mate i'm so pleased you're having a good time and and thank all the children in the background for the, for, for the lovely song we said at the beginning but you're 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 traveling in your hostel at the moment so we massively appreciate you coming on board um and, and doing a show with us um definitely appreciate it mate um yeah course, thanks for me. when you want to come to cornwall again just just yeah hit me up you can stay whenever you like yeah for sure same with you guys if you want to come out and train if you want a warm weather camp for a week let me know we can uh, we can rent a place we can uh, you don't stay in a hostel we Does can stay somewhere time. nice <laughs> take the show alright thanks Jordan thanks for coming on brilliant alright cheers, cheers guys see you Thank you for listening to this episode of the Trail and Error podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and most important of all, share it with your friends and your family. Also, if you have any guest suggestions or suggestions for features that you would like to see on the Trail and Error podcast, please get in touch with us via our social media channels at trail underscore and underscore error underscore UK. It makes more sense when it's written down, I promise you. Oh, and we're on Facebook too. See you next time. Thanks for listening.